Good morning. Thanks be to God for this time of worship and for this season of gratitude and for the opportunity that we have together at Christ's table today. Welcome to worship here at College Mennonite Church. Whether you are listening on the radio or watching on televisions or internet streaming, here in this place, for those of you here, welcome to this time of beginning our season of gratitude and this week of gratitude. I invite you to take your bulletins and turn with me to the front and read with me the call to worship that is printed there. Canten al Señor un cantico nuevo. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Canten al Señor, alaben su nombre. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Proclamen su gloria entre las naciones, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Grande es el Señor, y digo de alabanza. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, el Señor is rey. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. El juzga a los pueblos con equidad. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Brame el mar de todos lo que el contiene. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Canten jubilosos todos las árboles del bosque. Canten al dente, Señor, for he comes. Viene y para buscar la tierra. He will judge the world in righteousness y a los pueblos con fidelidad. I invite you to take your blue hymnals and stand as you are able and let's sing together number 89 for the beauty of the earth.
I invite you to join me in a time of prayer for us and for our community and world. Let's pray together. Great God, the giver of life, in you we live and move and have our source of being. Today we gather as a church family with hearts full of gratitude because you are with us in all of life. There are times when we are well out of our comfort zones and you meet us in those places, God. When we don't know where we are going, when we feel lost, when we are neither here nor there, you are with us. Thank you, God. You meet us where we are, and especially in our times of need. We pray for those who are marginalized by illness. For Julie Bender, as she is in the hospital due to complications from treatments. For Caleb Ganawan and his family, as they travel to New York for another week of immunotherapy. God, be with Paul Gingrich as he begins hospice care. God, we pray for all those suffering from mental health issues. We pray for strength of mind and spirit for those who suffer and strength of patience for those who care for them. God, we also pray for those whose lives have been changed, whose lives may be in a daze because of the grief of loss. We pray for the family members of Anne Gundon, who died in Florida on Wednesday. We also pray for John Harley as he grieves the death of his mother, Thelma, who died on Thursday. God, in this season of harvest and accomplishment, we also know that new things are just beginning. We celebrate new ministry opportunities that we have as a congregation and the life-giving potential for those ministries. God, may our worship this morning, our activities this afternoon, and our thoughts and our attitudes throughout the coming week be expressed as a giant thank you to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Children, I invite you to come forward for our children's time. And as they come, invite the rest of us to turn our hymnals to number 55. And let's sing together, Cantemos al Señor. Our hymn has two verses and a chorus, and you can sing in either language for the verses, but I invite us all to sing the Spanish on the refrain.
Good morning. I have a story for you today, and there are going to be some pictures that go with it. Now, I have a question. Do you know who that is? Look, that's your mom and dad? Yeah. Who are your mom and dad, Zeph? Mm, me. Yeah, that's, yeah, you recognize Daniel, yep. Yep, that's Daniel and me. Back uh, right after we got married, yeah, before you were even born. It was right after we got married in 2003. So when we got married, I was still in college. Daniel had just graduated. So he worked in a tire shop for a year while I finished school. And I was teaching dance, but really because of the kind of pay we got for our jobs, we didn't really make enough money that year to cover our expenses. And we had a lot of needs. We were just in college and out of college, so we needed a place to live, we needed transportation, and furniture, and dishes, and towels, and like everything. And you know, when we look back at that year, we realize that if it had not been for all of the people in our lives, I don't know how that year would have gone. I don't know quite how we would have made it. So we needed a house, and a friend helped us find a house to rent. This house was right close to the college I went to so I could walk to school, and I could even walk to work. It was tiny, but really it was all we needed. And then my parents got a new truck, and they sold us their old one for $1. (laughs) So then we had a vehicle. And then, you know, when you get married, lots of people give you wedding presents. There's a picture of us opening some wedding presents. And because of all those gifts, we had, oh, towels and plates and pots and pans and a coffee maker and all kinds of things that we needed. And then people in our family and our church family had furniture they didn't need. And you can see there, that house is kind of a mess because it's right after we were given lots of gifts and we were trying to figure out where in the world to even put them in our little tiny house. And you can see we had all kinds of furniture. We didn't buy any furniture, but we had enough. And then people would invite us over to their houses for meals sometimes. And sometimes people would have some leftovers, and they would drop their leftovers off at our house. And there were some friends and church family members who hired Daniel to do odd jobs on the weekends, like fixing roofs and putting in new bathtubs. And we helped others, too. Daniel and I were youth sponsors at our church, and we helped with preaching and worship leading, and... I would sometimes bake things and give them to people to say thank you or to comfort them when they needed that. And we gave in our church offering. So we gave and we received. And we came out of that first year just fine. We had enough. We had more than enough because many, many people helped us. And that is called being a church. As individuals, none of us have everything we need. No one 
has everything they need just by themselves. But when you put us all together, we have enough. When we share what we have and what we can do, everyone has enough. There's a song that this makes me think of, and part of it goes like this. You can sing along if you know it, okay? One more, there you go. So, listen to this, and if you know it, okay, Zeph's singing it. You can't stand up alone. You need the touch of a mighty hand. You can't stand up alone. Oh, you can't stand up all by yourself. You can't stand up alone. You need the touch of a mighty hand. Oh, you can't stand up alone. One more time. Oh, you can't stand up all by yourself. You can't stand up alone. You need the touch of a mighty hand. Oh, you can't stand up alone. So, God's mighty hand works through all of us, and here at the church, we are literally rolling out a new thing. So this is called, can anyone read that? What does that say? Anyone? Encircling, and what's the second word? Exchange, the encircling exchange. So we have the encircling fund at our church, which helps us share money with each other. And this is going to help us share all kinds of other things with each other. So when you need something, you get one of these cards. And on one side, it's in Spanish, and the other side, it's in English. So you fill out whichever side is easiest for you to fill out. And you write what you need and your contact information, and you put it up here. Or when you have something that you can offer others, you fill out one of these cards, and you put it up here. So, you know, Zeph outgrew his size one, two boots. So we're going to put that up there. And if there's anyone who needs a pair of boots, you know what they'll do? Come over. They'll take the card. And they will call or email us, and we'll work out a way that we can get the boots to them. So this way, all of us can share the things that we have extra of, and all of us can have enough. Does that make sense? This is not just for grown-ups. This is for everybody. So you and your families can be thinking about how you might use the encircling exchange. And this will be out in the hallway, right by where we keep the coffee. Okay. Yeah, there's coffee every week. Did you know that? Yeah. Now Abigail's going to be wired for church. So you can go out there on Wednesday nights. And Wednesdays it'll be in the, excuse me, in the fellowship hall. And on Sundays it'll be out by the coffee. And you can take what you need, give what you have to offer. Okay. Hopefully, with this, all of us can feel that mighty hand of God working through us. Let's pray together. All right, we're going to pray now. God, you created us to be in community with others. None of us are made to stand up alone. Help us to be your mighty hand, encircling each other with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, now we're going to have to wheel this on out, and all the kids in grades one through five get to come on up here with their parents and Matthew, and we're going to sing a song to lead the rest of the congregation in singing. And if you are not in grades one through five, you may get a worship bag and head back to your seats. while we're getting organized here. This is a song by uh, Pam Donkin, Planting Seeds of Love, and she's a musician and a school teacher who lives in uh, San Francisco. And the song is very easy, and we would like you to sing along with us, but we're going to introduce the first verse and the chorus, and then we would like you to join in from that point on, and Hannah will be leading the uh, congregation at that point. The chorus is, uh, is an echo chorus, and so we'd like to split you up into those who consider yourselves sitting on the south side and those sitting on the north side. So those on the south side will be the ones who come in first on the chorus, and then the echoes will be those who are on the north side. And you'll know what I mean once we uh, once we go through this once. Planting seeds of love.
Our preacher for this morning is Phil Waite, our pastoral team leader. And as Phil comes, I just want you to get ready because the splitting half and half, uh, we will do that again in just a moment. So be ready for that. Would you please join me in a prayer of blessing for Phil? God, bless Phil as he preaches. God, bless us as we receive your words through Phil. And God, bless our community as we respond to your words to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our scripture reading for this morning will be slightly different. It is Psalm 104, and it's rather lengthy. And so to keep us engaged, we are going to read it together, responsibly, uh, antiphonally, side to side. So it will be up on the screen, and you will notice each verse, there is an asterisk about halfway through. So, if you are on this half, both floor and balcony, you will read that first half of the verse with me. If you're on that side, you will read the second half of the verse after the asterisk with Phil. And we will go through all the verses of Psalm 104 this way. So, follow follow the leader. Exactly. All right, let's read together. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God. How excellent is your greatness. You are clothed with majesty and splendor. You wrap yourself with light as with a cloak. And spread it out the heavens like a curtain. You lay the beams of your chambers in the waters above. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers. And flames the fire of your servants. You have set the earth upon its foundations. So that it never shall move at any time. You covered it with the deep as with a mantle. The waters stood higher than the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. They went up into the hills and down to the valleys beneath. To the places you had appointed for them. You set the limits that they should not pass. They shall not again cover the earth. You send the springs into the valleys. They flow between the mountains. All the beasts of the field drink their fill from them. And the wild asses quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the air make their nests. And sing among the branches. You water the mountains from your dwelling on high. The earth is fully satisfied by the fruit of your works. You make grass grow for flocks and herds. And plants to serve mankind. That they may bring forth food from the earth. And wine to gladden our hearts. Oil to make a cheerful countenance. And bread to strengthen the heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The cedars of Lebanon which he planted, in which the birds build their nests. 
and in whose tops the stork makes his dwelling. The high hills are a refuge for the mountain goats, and the stony cliffs for the rock badgers. You appointed the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows the time of its setting. You make darkness that it may be night, in which all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they slip away and lay themselves down in their dens. People go forth to their work and to their labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the great and wide sea, with its living things too many to number. Creatures both small and great. There move the ships, and there is that Leviathan. Which you have made for the sport of it. All of them look to you to give them their food in due season. You give to them, they gather it up. You open your hands, and they are filled with good things. You hide your face, and they are terrified. You take away their breath, and they die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, and they are created. And so you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in all his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. Touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God while I have been. May these words of mine please him. I will rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed out of the earth. And the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord. When I was... Uh, two years old. I don't remember when I was two years old, by the way. I should just say that I have this information from a well-placed source, my mother. When I was two years old, uh, I'm told, there came a point in my life when I started saying frequently, I'll do it my loan. I'll do it my loan. Anybody know that? Anybody? Anybody have any two-year-olds in your house or two-year-olds that you're, you relate closely to? I'll do it my loan. I'll do that by myself. I don't need your help. It's a natural part, right, of the uh, develop, 
of human development that we that we enter into a stage where we're trying to define ourselves uh, relative to those around us and we're looking for independence and we're looking for opportunities to prove our independence we don't need anybody else we can take care of ourselves I'll do it my loan and we go through our our lives uh, with this concept. I'll do it my loan. I'll do it, I can do it by myself. When we get older, there comes uh, a point, again, where we can't do it our loan. One of the, as a pastor, I relate uh, with many people who are um, going through uh, losses in their lives, in their lives, and one of the most significant losses that, uh, that, I, that I've encountered among older people is that moment when the children come and say, Give me the car keys. Uh, you really can't be driving anymore. You can't do it your loan. You need help. You need somebody to bring you your groceries or take you shopping or take you from here to there. Uh, you can no longer be independent in this way. You need to depend on other people. I saw this, uh, this cartoon uh, yesterday. I know how well that, that shows up here. Uh, just to describe it uh, for those of you who might be listening on the radio, there's, there's someone who is hanging uh, from a cliff by fingernails. Uh, somebody who seems to be dressed as a, a, a mountain climber, climbing a mountain. And uh, there's someone standing on the edge of the cliff, and the caption reads, Remember how I've always had a hard time asking for help. Thank you. Uh, we have a hard time asking for help. We, we as human beings want to think that we can do it our loan, that we can do it uh, by ourselves, that each of us is independent. And in our culture, our society, here in our country, this is especially true, I think. I grew up in a part of the world, boy, there was this, this spirit of independence, this kind of rugged individualism in the, in the West. Uh, we can do it, our, I can do it my loan. I don't need anybody's help. Uh, I can provide for myself, thank you. I don't need anybody to help me, and I don't particularly want to spend my resources helping anybody else. I'll do it my loan. The scriptures call us to radical dependency. The scriptures suggest to us, and the psalm was, uh, this psalm, 104, is a, one of the more powerful or eloquent, elegant examples of this. We are never weaned from God's care. We are always fully dependent on God. God gives us our food. Without God, we would be nothing. Radical dependency. We have, uh, we've lost, I think, in our age of individualism, our age of valuing independence, valuating the self-made person, we've lost a sense that each of us and all of us together are dependent on God. Without God, we have nothing at all. 
So this Thanksgiving season, I invite us this week as we celebrate to remember our dependence, each one of us, on God for all that we have. We have, uh, we have our communion, and we have communion every Thanksgiving. It's one of the times. We have communion seven times a year. And Thanksgiving is, uh, week of Thanksgiving is one of the times that we have communion. And one of the reasons we do that is that traditionally, communion has been a Thanksgiving service. I mean, when I say traditionally, I mean going way back to the, to the earliest decades of the church. They called uh, the Thanksgiving a uh, communion a Eucharist. The Lord's Supper was called Eucharist uh, for giving thanks and the very early instructions from a document called the Didache, the teachings that were from, oh, maybe the year uh, 120 or so, uh, say, when you give thanks, this is what you should do. And it gives instructions to the church on what they should do when they have communion, when they have the Lord's Supper. And it's based on thanksgiving. When you give thanks, it is a thanksgiving feast, if you will. It is the Lord's Supper, and we are guests at the Lord's table. We are feeding directly from God. This is, this is the thinking, and we are expressing our thanksgiving for this radical dependency on God, both physical dependency and spiritual dependency. Now, I know... Now, there's a lot of work that goes into having communion at College of Mennonite Church. I don't know if you know that or if you've thought about that. There's an enormous amount of work that goes into it. And uh, John and Margaret Ingold, in particular, have been working with that for I don't know how many years. John and Margaret, how many years you were working to, to set up our, our communion table. Um, I, it seemed like a long time. And it was a lot of work. So I just, just think about all that you have to do. You have to think about uh, getting the juice and getting everything out here. You have to think about getting the bread, making sure it's the right kind of bread and cutting it up in pieces, uh, um, getting, it, getting it out in the right places. Then you have to find servers to serve communion. and make, You have to make sure that they know what, what they're doing, and it's a long and somewhat complicated process every time that we have communion. And if you see John and Margaret, you can uh, thank them for their service. And now John and Joanne Smith have taken up this mantle. I know, I know that this is in some ways uh, John and Joanne's table for the work that they've done. And I don't want to, un I, I, I don't want to diminish uh, um, and not respect and honor the work that, that, they, that they have done. But we claim this as the Lord's table, and we say that at this table, Jesus feeds us. Jesus feeds us. And in the words of the psalm, Jesus gives, God gives them their food in, good, in due season. God gives us our food in due season. He scatters it and we gather it up. And in the same way, Jesus gives us 
this food, which sustains us and reminds us that we are dependent on God for everything we are and for everything that we have. So I don't know what all the different plans are this week for Thanksgiving and, or who you will be with or whose table you would, you, you would be at. But I want you to remember that in, in some way, each table is the Lord's table. Wherever you are, whatever table you are at, in that whatever is on that table, and no, no matter all the hands that go into preparing the food, uh, even um, getting it to the grocery stores to begin with, it's God's food. It's the Lord's table for us. And I want you to remember with gratitude the dependence, the radical dependency that each one of us has on God this week. I uh, uh, invite us to uh, sing the song, respond, uh, sing the song, we plow the fields and scatter. We plow the fields and scatter, but without God, there's nothing, nothing at all. All good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. Amen. This is number 96 in our hymnal and on the screen.
invite you to turn at this time in your bulletins to the Thanksgiving Communion Liturgy, and we will read the inviting portion. Um, following, following this, I'm going to introduce the offering now. Immediately following this liturgy, we will take our offering and we invite you to come forward and bring your offerings here in the baskets or to place them in the offering plates as they are passed. I also want to highlight our harvest offering, and you're welcome to bring things forward to exchange, to leave something here and to take something, take something with you. You can also do that uh, immediately following the, the service. Please join me as we read responsively. As the seed which was scattered to all corners of the field comes together to be bread on our table, so God's people gather to share the great banquet of thankfulness and hope. Here at this table, Jesus welcomes us to share in the bounty of abundant life. Here we know that God is good. Así como la semilla se dispersó a todas las esquinas del campo y se une a ser pan en nuestra mesa, así el pueblo de Dios se une para compartir del gran banquete de agradecimiento y esperanza. Aquí en esta mesa, Jesús nos invita a compartir la generosidad de vida en abundancia. Aquí sabemos que Dios es bueno.
as we prepare for communion, we will be singing, You Are All We Have. Eres todo lo que tenemos. You give us what we need. Nos das que lo necesitamos. Our lives are in your hands. Nuestras vidas están en tus manos. This is number 29 in the green book, or you can read it from the screens. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup, also saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in memory of me. For as often as you eat this bread and as often as you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. El Señor Jesús, la noche en que fue traicionado, tomó pan. Y después de dar gracias, lo partió y dijo, Este pan es mi cuerpo que por ustedes entrego. Hagan esto. In, in memoria de mí. De la misma manera, después de cenar, tomó la copa y dijo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Hagan esto cada vez que beben de ella in memoria de mí. Porque cada vez que coman este pan y beben de esta copa, Proclaman la muerte del Señor hasta que Él venga. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. They will come from east and west and from north and south and sit at the table of the kingdom of God. When our risen Lord was at table with his disciples, 
He took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is the Lord's table. I invite you to come forward and form lines on the aisles and in the balcony. The servers will be served uh, first. Uh, Children, come forward for pretzels. And a reminder that this is a gift from God. So take the bread from the servers that's offered to you as a gift and place it in the cup and partake.
Let us pray. Bountiful God, you have nourished us with our Savior Christ, who has come to us in this holy banquet. Unite us now in faith, mercy, and justice. Inspire us to love the world as Christ does. Encourage us with the hope of everlasting life. All this we ask, Holy God, through Jesus Christ, your incarnate word, and your life-giving spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow, number 118. And please follow along with me or with Dirk. Friends, it is my joy to invite you to come to God's abundant and bounteous table. And not just regular bounty, advanced bounty, because this is God's table. You didn't have to contribute to enjoy of the fruit of the table. So come, take what you need. 
Please hear this Psalm 67 as our benediction. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make God's face to shine upon us, that God's way may be known upon the earth, God's saving power among all nations. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. May God continue to bless us and let all the ends of the earth revere God. Amen. Greet each other, come to the table, and go in peace.